0: In. Welcome to Mass Ave. We're here bringing you conservative news, policy, and insight from the steps of Capitol Hill. I'm your host, Emily Vanderbush.
1: And I'm Tommy Binion.
0: Welcome today. Uh, this is a special recording for Columbus Day.
1: Happy 17th federal holiday of the year 2017.
0: Yes. I didn't know it was the 17th I made it, but it up, but know.
1: there sure are a lot of federal holidays. There
0: are. I, <laughs> Tommy, did you observe Columbus Day growing up?
1: I think so. Yeah, I mean, you know, we we took it off. We learned a, a special song: "Columbus <laughs> sails the ocean blue" in 1492. Uh, I certainly remember that. Uh, it, it, it's it's definitely a, an American holiday celebrating one of the important figures of our history.
0: Yeah, in my school district, I grew up out west. Uh, it we did not get Columbus Day off, but we got the following Monday off and just called it a, a fall holiday. But Jarrett Stepman is going to be joining us to kind of go over the history of Columbus Day, some of the reasons why maybe some school districts don't observe it. Um, yeah, so stay tuned for that. Tommy, what else is going on?
1: Well, last week we talked about the tragic shooting in Las Vegas, which is still uh, at the top of the news cycle, um, still dominating news coverage. And, of course, mm-hmm. uh, the inevitable call for more gun control is, is now become the major theme of this. Uh, at this point, the uh, recording of this podcast, uh, the idea to ban bump stocks is is getting some traction. But otherwise, it looks like uh, the Democrats sort of aren't going to overplay their hand and uh, you know do what they did last time, which was a sit-in on the House floor demanding more gun control. It is not an issue that helps them in elections. Um, because of course Americans are, are uh, keen on protecting their constitutional rights. Uh, and they don't even believe that Congress can take away, uh, their second amendment. So it's, it's a, it's an interesting, uh, way that this gun control debate has unfolded, but that's happening, um. At the end of this week, the House passed a budget. It's great news for tax reform. You've got to have a budget resolution in, in place to do tax reform on reconciliation. Uh, the House budget passed 219 to 206. Pretty slim margin there, but that's good news. The Senate is marking up a, a their own version of the budget. So we've still got more action to come. Either a conference committee or the House is going to pass the Senate budget. One of those two things. But either way... The strong vote in the House shows that uh, tax reform is is rolling downhill, even if ever so slightly, tax reform is rolling downhill, and that's really positive.
0: And looking to some of the other trending news this week, I know the president made some – he visited Puerto Rico, for one. Uh, What are the implications moving forward?
1: Well, Hurricane Maria was a devastating storm in Puerto Rico. It didn't receive quite the coverage that Hurricane Harvey and Hurricane Irma did, but certainly there are 3 million Americans living on Puerto Rico, predominantly out of power, out of potable water, out of cell service, out of communication. It is a devastating scenario. There are, I think, 17 uh, deaths associated with the storm on Puerto Rico, but in terms of recovering from it, it's going to be an extraordinarily difficult and expensive recovery. Um, So there's a disaster supplemental request made this week um, for $29 billion. Uh, And, you know, the expectation is that it will be more as well. Um, It's a a, a devastating news story, certainly a scenario most of us can't imagine living through. Um, But, you know, what? I think that the media is trying to get the ball rolling on some criticisms of the Trump administration, and there's no there there. Responding to a disaster on an island is extraordinarily difficult, uh, and there's no way to get ahead of the ball on that. And uh, all accounts are that uh, this administration responded uh, pretty well and as best as they could. So, you know, I, I'm hearing the news try to go there and realize there's no there there. So it's it's been interesting, but mostly it's, uh, you know, Disaster spending passes sort of overwhelmingly on a bipartisan support, and and the and the thing for conservatives to be mindful of is making sure that it is indeed emergency spending. That mm-hmm. this is unforeseen, unexpected, you know, uh, that that it truly qualifies as emergency spending, and then making sure it's it's full of um, money for things like disaster recovery uh, and not for things like community development. And so uh, we're keeping a close eye on that.
0: All right. We'll be following that one as well. Now, Tiffany Bates and Elizabeth Slattery are here to join us and tell us about their podcast.
1: Welcome, ladies.
0: Hi, I'm Tiffany Bates. And I'm Elizabeth Slattery. If you like listening to Mass Ave, we encourage you to check out our Heritage Foundation podcast called SCOTUS 101. On SCOTUS 101, Tiffany and I break down what's going on at the Supreme Court, what the justices are up to, and other things related to our favorite branch of government. We also play trivia. Check out SCOTUS 101 on SoundCloud, Stitcher, or Apple Podcasts today. We have Jarrett Stepman here today. He is a contributor at the Daily Signal and has most recently, excuse me, written about the NFL controversy, the Electoral College, any controversial issue. Jarrett (laughs) is usually game to talk about it. He is here today to talk to us about Columbus Day. So Jarrett... Looking at Christopher Columbus, he has recently become a more controversial figure um, in American history. What are some of these complaints and what do they get wrong about it?
2: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's funny that Christopher Columbus used to be this uniting figure in American history. People... You know, we have a national Christopher Columbus Day that, of course, people are getting off. And at one time in American history, he was seen as kind of a uniting figure. He represented immigrants. He represented the kind of American dream and bold adventure uh, coming across the ocean. But now he's become very unpopular. And I think it's because partially because of the work of some very left-wing historians that have marked Christopher Columbus is some kind of genocidal monster of the 1490s, and I think there's been a lot of misconceptions about what he was as a man and and what he was about. And I think now it's just kind of built up with the general attack on statues in American history. Columbus is one of these figures that seem to represent something in American history. The Of course, the mass migration across the Atlantic and people coming over. And I think Columbus became this kind of figure for a lot of left-wing groups to attack and which we've seen in, frankly, in a very quickening way across the country.
1: So I, I just want the audience to know that um, based on Emily's request to me, it's taking all of my power not to break into a rendition of 1492 Columbus sailed <laughs> the ocean blue. <laughs> I wish I could do that for you today, but Emily asked me not to. So Specific I want everybody request. to know that. You're um, welcome. <laughs> back Everyone. to our interview with Jarrett. Uh, so this is part of the left's playbook these days, right? To attack our history, to make America seem less exceptional, uh, and to uh, to sort of attack the the pillars of American history and. Uh, make us all
2: question what it is we're proud of this doesn't only happen to christopher columbus is that something you're picking up on oh that's that's 100 of what's going on and i think the the columbus the man of course he's just kind of a stand-in for the bad things uh, especially people on the left see about america and they've used him as kind of the you know they, they've kind of dehumanized history they've turned columbus into a caricature and they're they're using him as a standard for the things they dislike about the United States and of course, Columbus wasn't an American; he was a guy who discovered the americas i mean he He was a predecessor to the founding fathers, but in many ways. You know, we wouldn't have that found if it wasn't for people bold adventures like Christopher Columbus who decided that they would journey out into the new world, you know, something that people didn't really know existed at that time in Europe. And, you know, we owe a lot to Christopher Columbus and we, we owe enough to him not to simply demolish his name and strike it out and remove his holiday because, you know, people find him to be controversial here in 2017. You know, we have a lot to learn from Christopher Columbus and a lot of other figures from our history. And it's, it's quite a shame, when those go after these individuals uh, willy-nilly and, and try to take them down, destroy their holidays or take down their monuments and statues wherever they see them. You know, we,
1: we made the joke about 1492 and sailing the ocean blue. And of course that's the song you learn in elementary school <laughs> around this time of year. But the point is, is exactly right. The bravery and courage that uh, Columbus and and everybody else on that journey displayed, uh, it's it's fascinating. And it's one of those great parts about history. Sure, You know, we we can put aside Christopher Columbus for a minute and just imagine ourselves in that scenario, right? Just sailing east. Um, it, it is, uh, it is really, really an experience we'll never have, uh, we'll never know how we would have reacted in that scenario, but it's one of the fascinating pieces of
2: history. For sure. And, you know, I, I do think that the, the boldness of Christopher Columbus really is in the American DNA too. I mean, after all, we were all essentially descendants of those who came over to this country from other places. And you know, what, what Columbus represented was that kind of boldness we see in other things in American history. I mean, you know, we put a man on the moon. Okay. I mean, that is that is the spirit of Christopher Columbus. That is what, you know, we would hope that we could emulate, maybe not quite as unbelievable as what Columbus did, selling into a, a new world that he had no idea of. But I think it's something that a lot of Americans today can emulate and say is, hey, you know, I want to be as bold as Christopher Columbus. That's something good about this country and something that we are very good at. And we we can look to him as a man, a model from a much earlier time as an example of that. And I think that's something that, that is appropriate and reasonable to celebrate as a tribute in this country.
1: Will the moon leftist of the future disparage Neil Armstrong? I think that's an important question we need
2: to be asking. Well, you never know these days. I mean, things kind of move very quickly in this uh, the debate over the monuments. It starts out with... You know, started out with the kind of Confederate monuments, moved over to the founders, and now Christopher Columbus, and Ipero Serra, it just keeps going on and on. So, you know, maybe Christmas is next, maybe, you know, these different holidays are next, but there seems to be kind of no end to it. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> so, Jared, uh, before we came into this podcast, I was reading through an article that you wrote about a week ago called How a Radical Left-Wing Historian Birthed the Anti-Columbus Crusade. And one of the interesting things that I saw is you detail how far left historian Howard Zinn writes how the product of Christopher Columbus's discovery is also evil. How How is that wrong? And how would you rebut, you know, that kind of a case? Because I think that's really what comes up a lot now.
2: That That's, that's absolutely correct. And, and Zinn was very much an ideological left-wing historian. And his, his whole narrative is that these greedy, rapacious capitalists came over and wanted to tyrannize the local populations, uh, you know, for pillage and plunder. And you know, frankly, his narrative is just wrong. I mean, there's this great book by Carol Delaney, this professor at Stanford that showed that, you know, Columbus came over as a very committed Christian. He was very much a person who wanted to bring his religion to the new world. And he was not rapacious. I mean, the, the stories about him being genocidal are just, frankly, not in line with history. I mean, of course, in the 1490s, it was a very different world than we, have today, but Christopher Columbus was not some kind of exceptional monster that Zinn tried to portray. And I think the the larger goal of those like Zinn, whose books are very popular in our high schools and some of our colleges, uh, is that America from the beginning was bad, and that there was something fundamentally wrong with it. It has nothing to do with Columbus the man, or the founders, or any of these individuals. It's the overall message that the America is not just unexceptional, it's exceptionally bad place. And I think that is the message that you're getting for us. And I think that is a big part of the general movement to attack statues, no matter who they be, whether they're Columbus, whether they're Washington anybody else. I think that's the main drive. And these, you know, these left wing historian like Zinn was definitely one of the precursors to this.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, the United States of America is the greatest force for good that this planet has has known uh, in terms of an institution of mankind. You're absolutely right. There are leftist historians, Howard Zinn is the biggest name amongst them, uh, that wants to change that uh, understanding. And the way they do that is uh, to, to, to make it look like our history is this evil time period where we committed all nature of sins uh, and everything that we enjoy today is an ill-begotten gain of, of those sins, fruit of the poisonous tree. Um, and and they don't like who we are today either. Uh, right. But uh, but certainly their their method is to go back and, and poison our understanding of our own history.
2: That's right. And you know I I would like to, to direct listeners if they are interested in a better history of Columbus and what he's about. There's this great book by uh, Admiral Samuel Eliot Morrison. Uh, it's called Admiral of the Sea: A Life of Christopher Columbus. This was published about 50 years ago. It's a great book that talks about Columbus and is more positive and shows the man who he really is. It's a lot better than the account given by Zinn and a lot of other ideological left-wing radicals. It's a very good book. So if people want to learn more about Christopher Columbus, I definitely suggest uh, that book and learn about who the guy was, learn about who this person was before we, we attack him and destroy him.
0: And on that note, I know that you also went to see the statue of Columbus in Baltimore that had been defaced. What do you make of communities debating statues in general, but specifically Christopher Columbus and the case for keeping the statues, even though perhaps the history might be flawed? How would, how would you, you know, what what's your thoughts on that?
2: For sure. And, I, you know, this is very much a local debate over what statues are kept or not kept. And I think that's something that, you know, we have to be respectful of. At the same time, what seeing what happened to this Columbus statue, which was an act of, you know, violent vandalism and and basically a mob deciding for the rest of the community that we're going to take down a statue because we don't like somebody i think that's something that's very dangerous and what i saw there was very sad when i when i visited in baltimore seeing a very old statue one of the oldest in the countries that have been Badly defaced and destroyed and something that now the community really doesn't have a debate over this anymore because the vandals have taken that out of their hands and I think that's a really dangerous thing and it's it's sad to see it's sad to see this happening on an increasing uh, scale in this country as people start to target, uh, you know, 100 year old statues for destruction.
1: Seems to be the trend for uh, sort of liberal trending college students to have all this pent up anger and hatred for uh any statue. Right? You you can, Absolutely. you can pull up these videos on YouTube and they're you know, the the statue falls down and they're kicking it. I'm sure that Broken foot. I mean, you know,
2: it, it is painful to watch. <laughs> it is uh, a little and, painful to watch.
1: Uh, and and a lot of times, you know, they're they're misguided and they're and they're not even tearing down the statue. They mean to. It's it's a it's a it's a crazy phenomenon.
2: It is called, it is kind of college campus politics writ large in this country. Seeing these attacks, I mean, you're just kind of seeing a lot of shutdown of freedom of speech on campuses and attacks on American history. And now you're just kind of seeing that on a wide scale, and it's pretty horrifying. Actually, it's quite horrifying.
1: Well, and, 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 and it is the – the uh, it starts in the elementary schools. It starts with civics lessons. It starts with understanding that free speech means we have to tolerate speech we don't agree with. Uh, and there is now a generation of kids who have reached college age who apparently didn't learn that uh, this, the same way that we all did. They don't have that understanding of free speech. Okay, Jared, one more thing before we let you go. Uh, we were talking earlier about the history of Columbus Day – tell us about that and uh, and which president started that i'm particularly interested in that
2: yes yes. so obviously americans have celebrated columbus kind of from the beginning but he actually got his first national holiday under president benjamin harrison who sadly not americans not a lot of americans know who he is but under president benjamin harrison in response to what was a terrible mass lynching in new orleans of italians and at the time italians were very controversial there were a lot of immigrants in the united states and they were being targeted and benjamin harrison believed that well we should create this day for christopher columbus who's this uniting figure uh we should create a day to set aside to celebrate him and his accomplishments i mean he wasn't kind of the stereotypical white anglo-saxon protestant he was a he was a guy who was from italy he's sailing the flag of spain so well you know we, we just we need to celebrate these americans too so it kind of created columbus as this uniting figure for americans it kind of created this this holiday that you know now is under attack in fact it was quite controversial at the time a lot of groups when after Columbus like today. I mean, it was it, a lot of these statues were attacked by the Ku Klux Klan, a lot of radical groups that didn't want to see uh, somebody who f- flew under the Spanish flag and was Catholic uh, be, have this tribute. He was an Italian, um, so it was controversial in in his day. But Americans kind of came to embrace uh, this man who has had such an impact in our country, and it's you know we're kind of seeing kind of the other way around now. Columbus once again is in the crosshairs from some really radical groups that want to see him destroyed. Well, that's that's
1: really interesting. Thanks for that. If
2: um, real
0: quick, speaking of understanding our history, (laughs) Jarrett has an exciting project in the works. Jarrett, can you uh, fill us in a little bit on that?
2: That's right. Uh, I will be launching a a podcast, a history podcast with my colleague, Fred Lucas, who's the White House correspondent with The Daily Signal. This uh, it's called The Right Side of History. And this is going to be a podcast where we discuss historical matters, things like Columbus, things like the founding fathers, and all sorts of things. It's going to be launching soon. On you can check it out on SoundCloud, and uh, I think it'll be an inter- entertaining show if you're you're interested in subjects and learning a little civics and learning about what what makes America great. Um, listen in on our show. I think I think you'll definitely be interested.
1: This is great. Uh, this is this is great news for our listeners. Uh, I. I occasionally I'm not as big of a student of history as Jared is, but when I have a question or I need a book recommendation, I, I ask Jared for those things and uh, he's no, there is no better resource uh, for American history, presidential history. I think he might've read, um, you know, the top 1000 pop, most popular presidential <laughs> biographies uh, and could take you through page by page, each one of those. So I look forward to listening to that. I, I hope that uh, our listeners do as well.
0: Thanks for joining us. Hey,
1: thank you very much. We're excited to bring you this week's Ask the Expert segment. Ask the Expert is where we take a question from a listener and we get it to an expert here inside the Heritage Foundation. And we get their take on the matter. Uh, this has uh, been a really, I think, uh, cool and positive segment with a lot of positive feedback from you listeners. But but keep it coming. Keep the questions coming. Um, this week, it's Genevieve Wood. Uh, She was our special guest last week, and now she's featured as the expert. Uh, She was very popular, so she's back by Popular Demand. She's interviewed by Jenny Multibano. Uh, Jenny, of course, does a great job for us on this podcast and has this week's Ask the Expert.
0: We are here with Genevieve Wood, she is a senior communications advisor here at the Heritage Foundation and also a senior contributor for the Daily Signal. Genevieve, we got an interesting question and it said, why is it that Republican candidates are so often vetted by very liberal commentators versus conservative commentators? And you see that um, in balance quite frequently in the media, as we've seen, we sort of touched on this with you last week. And I wanted to ask you, you now we have a unified Republican government, and President Trump has certainly had some great success with the Supreme Court, with deregulation, but in terms of large legislative victories, we're still waiting on that. And we have this unified Republican government. When do you think we're going to see some major victories And some cohesive Republican action. Well, I think when you have the majority of Republicans come around and decide on a unified vision of where they want to, where they want to go. I mean, you're right. Republicans now control the House. They control the Senate. They control the White House. Uh, but the reality is, is I think what we found and why you see many voters now still very frustrated going into another election cycle, 2018, is that Many of the people they elected who ran as Republicans and ran to repeal Obamacare, who ran to go and drain the swamp, you know, following the lead of Donald Trump, apparently some of them didn't mean it or, or they didn't mean it enough to get it done in a tough political environment. Republicans don't have huge majorities, certainly not in the Senate, but they do have a majority. And the reality is they all promised, if you give us that, we're going to do these things. And they haven't fulfilled those promises. Right. Thank you so much. And that is it for our show today. Thanks for listening in. Remember to subscribe to Mass Ave on iTunes so you never miss what's happening on the Hill and around the world. Check us out on Facebook at Mass Ave Podcast and remember to follow the Heritage Foundation to keep up with the latest conservative news, policy, and insight from the steps of Capitol Hill.